Just press say hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. I've yeah. got plenty of scars on my head from fights and mag lights and uh, uh, misunderstandings with various law enforcement officers and things like that. <laughs> it was a tough. MJ, MJ, his his uh, his philosophy about law enforcement is a little bit different than yours and mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the way he, the way he interacts in the past has been different. Now it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Now I'm a it's good funny citizen. How you- you, you get a little bit of uh, experience underneath your belt, and it's like some fights just aren't worth fighting, you know. They hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, me and MJ, we um, we tried to to become very anonymous to uh, law enforcement or just to the uh, government completely. And uh, there was one night, well, I, I guess about 13, 14 years ago, MJ. Yeah. And he he had gone even further than I had in in um, you know protecting his identity. And there was a knock. I think you had they were coming after you for uh, like a a ticket or a warrant for a ticket or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And the lights were off out in the house. We were talking on the phone. And the cops are knocking on the door. And MJ had his family huddled around, you know, like, what do I do? Do I answer the door? You remember that? That was crazy. Yeah. You know, I just had, back in those days, I had I had to see for myself. I mean, like, I decided that, um, that once I understood how the state was built and I, saw, and I understood the, the image of the state, then I, then I said, okay, well, it's it's all dependent upon my own consciousness because I have to give consent to the state, and so I decided I'm going to go get rid of every license, because a license is nothing but a. Um, see, if you're not a trustee of the public trust, the trustees of the public trust have got to license you to do any deed for the public trust because if they don't, you're you're performing an illegal deed, so they have to give you a license to do that deed, and so I thought, well. Um, I'm going to go get rid of all the licenses and I'm going to live, you know, man to man. We'll, we'll make our deals. We'll shake hands and we'll do our deals. And, uh, but the problem is, is that 90, 99.99% of the people out there don't understand what I just said. So, you know, you're going to run up on people that just are, they're so image trained that, um, you don't have all the credentials that that they're they they grew up thinking that they that was that how do I say it their identity is forged in all that so I pushed it to the absolute limit of possibility. Let me let me explain a little different. We about fifth I don't know fourteen fifteen years ago we we met on a a group call kind of, kind of like what we're doing right now. Yeah. And we were both in search of the right to self determination. Yes. And and so we always stayed in contact and we became close. He and I, our relationships always kind of go, you know, grown over the years. But he, the path that he went, that MJ went, was more uh, in trusts 
you know, understanding trust and trust law and among, you know, other things. Me, I went on the path of <clears throat> trying to start or restart, reconstitute the United States of America, what it was originally, and create um, a, uh, uh, a currency that would um, be able to be used by anybody and everybody without any penalty or any um, negative benefit. Um, and so I went through that process and he went that way and we've kind of met back in the middle. Did you? And I think, I think his way, well, if my way would have worked, it would have been amazing, but it, it's just damn near impossible. It's impossible to make my way work. His way is going to be more, the, his way to the right of self-determination is a little bit more realistic for the individual man. And so that's yes. kind of where we, he and I are. When you say the, the right to self-determination, what do you mean by that? Go ahead, well, MJ. You, <laughs> well, the, okay. So if you, if you, um, I, I, I learned a long time ago that every, the laws in, in the United States and for that matter, the States are all founded on the King James Bible. And I mean, this, this, that is the law of this realm. And as much as people want to not like that or even argue against that, they, they're, they're arguing to the wind if they argue against it, because that's a fact. Well, and the King James Bible, hang on, the King James Bible was founded on um, the Hebrew, the Jewish Torah. Yes. And what I'm saying is, is that the laws in this of this nation are founded upon the first five books. We'll call it the, the books of Moses, right? Especially if you understand the Constitution, uh, uh, you've taken apart all those capitalized words and you've come to understand what it really is saying to you. Because most people read the Constitution and they think they have a handle, but then they never ask themselves, what are all of these capitalized nouns? And it's it's a it's a rule that they never taught you in high in high school or grammar school and and the constitution was written probably at like the 39th grade level it's uh it's way past you know you know doctor our founding fathers were so so brilliant and so intelligent it's unbelievable yes. the things they knew so so any, anyway so the idea here is that uh um is that the scriptures say that um, no man should be on an island unto himself. And, and the term man in the scripture doesn't speak to a, a individual human being. Uh, in its inner meaning, it's talking about a state. Uh, so the state is constituted just as a man, and the state is called literally the grand man. And so um, when you start to realize this, you'll read the scriptures in a totally different light and they'll they'll come like for instance eve is the government and adam is the one who forged the state he's the the one who's, who created it and eve is the help meet or the government all right and so it just reads totally different um and and what what we what we figured out is since no man should be an island unto himself then it takes at least two people to join together and create a union um, to forge a new reality. And uh, so, so 
then for instance, if you're not happy with the state in which you currently abide, and that could mean anything, for instance, it could be a relationship or your current circumstances, or it could literally mean um, you're not happy with the, the, you know, the, the global state in terms of, um, uh, let's say for instance, uh, the United States or the state of wherever you reside. Well, a state exists between your two ears. Okay, a state is a spiritual thing. There's nothing physical about a state at all. A state is a, a conglomeration of laws which men and women agree to abide by. And uh, so everything within the body of a state is a fiction because um, what we're doing is we're agreeing to abide by particular laws, but we have to have a platform in which we can all be equal and so what we did is we created persons, which are fictions, and we said, okay, well, we'll number them, and we can um, um, dispense justice and all this by, by and through. And so the, the foundation of how all the states work are beautiful. The problem is, is when you, you bring in uh, greed, uh, fear, the desire to control other people, that kind of thing. Uh, it, let me look at the word government, for instance. G uh, govern comes from gubernare, and it, it means to uh, pilot, and mint from the Latin mens, and it means the mind. So the word government literally means to pilot the mind. You could even say to control the mind. All right. And so if you're not happy with the current state which you find yourself abiding in, well, um, in international law, under the laws of nations, and you'll you'll look at the Constitution and realize that it's incorporating by reference the laws of nations. I believe um, uh, the Declaration of Independence that uh, said uh, um, they are they are declaring under nature and nature's laws, uh, and then they incorporate the laws of nations. And so there's an international law form which is higher than the than the domestic state and in, at international law all two people have to do is come together and say we want to exist and create a new platform uh, and we want to um, declare this new existence and all we need to do is bring our declaration before the brotherhood of states which they have a convenient platform for that today it's called the united nations and we, we share our claim with the, uh, the Brotherhood of States. And if, they, if there's no counterclaim or if there's just silence, then you, you move into what's called the promised land and you begin to forge this new reality. Uh, the difference is, is you're no longer moving in limited liability. If you are uh, a citizen within the body of an existing state, then you are as a child in a grown man's house. Um, there's a doctrine called parents patre, and, and that, if you want to look that up, it's basically the state is acting as the father. And so... Um, well, hang might, on. Let me, let, let's catch up, because you, you've thrown out a lot of... Did I go too? Uh, too? Well, no. you, you've gone, okay. you've gone Sorry. pretty far, but... Eh. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Number one, that's why treaties between nations are so powerful. They, they basically supersede, um, you know, national laws. 
Yes. Uh, and that's why when a president signs a treaty or the secretary of state uh, for the uh, presidential administration signs a treaty, I mean, that's some big stuff. It is. Um, it's, it's huge. And we, we could, we could, um, that's why it's so important to get the right president and the right administration uh, in office, in my opinion, because you could get somebody that, let's say, for example, doesn't like guns uh, and signs treaties with uh, the nations at the United Nations, signs a treaty with basically the world that uh, the United States will oppose guns. So you've got a treaty that supersedes our national laws. Got to be careful with that stuff. And that's why it's so important to put in the right, um, the right kind of man or woman in, in that office. Uh, but as an example of what MJ was talking about, a state that exists without um, any, any claim against it, let's, against it, let's look at, for example, the, the Catholic Church as an example. They've claimed that they um, own and lay claim to all the souls of all the men and women and children on the earth. Yes, they yes. are the Holy See. They, they own it all. They claim it all. And no one's ever done a counterclaim against them. And so who's, who's to say that they don't, right? They do. There's been <laughs> they do because they've claimed it. They did. Yes. Yes. And that's that's the, the idea. If you go back and look at the Constitution, at least for the, the United States of America, um, then you'll see that the um, that I can't remember what article and section there, but uh, it says that all the citizenry are going to be bound by the by the laws, by the laws of the state, the laws of the United States and the treaties that the United States enters into. So. Yeah. The United States has entered into probably thousands of treaties. Thousands of treaties. And, and you could citizens... spend you could spend a career researching treaties that the United States has entered into, and it would not be a wasted career. It would be, I mean, it would be amazing to learn all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, so then you walk out your door and you say to yourself, because they'll say to you, ignorance of the law is no excuse, but <laughs> you, you could literally spend your entire life trying to study all the treaties and all the international law that, that you're subject to and have literally no clue. I mean, I bet you each one of us walk out the door and probably break an untold number of laws, but we just don't know that we're doing it. Yeah. And the point is, is if you break the law, you're guilty of breaking the law. Even though you're ignorant, ignorant of breaking the law, you're still guilty of it. And so, therefore, what happens is, is the state picks up your liability. Okay, so we're moving about in limited liability as citizens of a particular state. However, once you forge a new reality, if you forge a new state, you now have um, unlimited liability. Which um, is what I was trying to do with the group of people that I was working with was we were trying to reconstitute an old state. Um, and looking back on it now, I, I, I can see that, I mean, the liability that would have been heaped upon us had we had we achieved that goal. And the, I mean, can you imagine trying to, you know, form military and build ships yes. and start an economy and start trade routes and, 
I mean, all, think about all the things that the United States of America does, uh, postal routes and um, embassies. I mean, just on and on currency, including and you'd, have to, you'd have to do all that. And, you'd have to you'd do have to all that to, to and, set that up. And where would, yep. where was this going to be located at? Here in the well, United see, U.S. I'm, Lenny, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk over you. So no, go I ahead, man. Put, I love breaking. Going in. back to your, going back to the Bible, uh, there's a story in in the Kings about um, these two, uh, Jeroboam and Rehoboam. And Jer- mm-hmm. Rehoboam was the king of all the tribes, and and um, and Jeroboam comes down. He's the delegate for the ten tribes. That there's there's thirteen tribes, and he comes down south and he has a conversation with the king of all thirteen tribes. And he says, listen, your dad taxed us pretty bad. And uh, we, you know, we want to continue to serve you and serve the kingdom. Uh, but come on, man, lighten up on the tax. Right. And he says, look, if you think my dad's, you know, uh, well, member was, you know, bad. Where do you get a hold of my little pinky? In other words, I'm getting ready to tax. You know, you're going to work hard for me. So he says, well, I thought you'd say that. So he went back north, and, and they didn't leave the land. But what they did is they, they created a brand-new government, and they created a brand-new religion. Because don't let anybody ever tell you that, re- that the state and the church are separate. They never have been separate, and they never will be separate. Uh, right. they, are, they, are, they are the man and the woman. That is your mother. The church is your mother. The state is your father. In the scriptures, now it's honor your honor your uh, fa- your mother and your father, and you will live long in the land. All right, and people think it has to do with their own mom, and it does, but but there's a higher meaning, is what I'm getting at. So anyway, they left and went back to their land and created a brand new state, and they never left their land. And so then you say, well, why? How 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 could they not leave the land without war? And so then. Rehoboam went back and prepared for war, but then he realized that there's a lot of people up there, and it was going to be a very costly war, so he just succeeded his claim, and, and they, they got their claim. That's the key, is that if you make a claim in land, and you have six months to issue your claim before all the other nations, and if, and if they don't utter a peep, then you have your claim. You can go ahead and start stewarding the land. All the land on the face of the earth has been claimed that we know of. So then the only state that you can really bring forward is a political state today, and you can begin to um, steward your political state. Um, However, if, say, the United States understood what you were doing and they decided to, to grant you land, then you would have a particular land. You would have a landed estate a territorial estate um, coupled with your political estate. Now, most people, as I said, the land has has all been claimed. So what they do is they create a political estate, and then and then they um, they create an embassy. A political multi- state. A politi- hang, hang on one second. A political state is <laughs> is like an overlay of a map. You've seen maps. Yes. So the, let's say the U.S. Constitution is the original map, and then and then there might be an overlay of uh, what MJ <laughs> with this analogy. Yeah, there's all sorts of overlays. There's all like kinds of overlays. Reserve systems and overlay. You know, uh-huh. it's got its own cities and districts. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, FEMA is an overlay. FBI probably has an overlay. Military has an overlay. And um, so a polit politics is an overlay. So yes. there's all these overlays. And overlays are, I've always thought of them, and you may, you may think, think this is wrong, MJ, but I've always thought of a state of mind or a political overlay um, you know, as a, uh, as a state, a separate state or a state of mind. Well, it I'm is, it's a separate state. It is. And it, and all states are states of mind. So all that's state, what Texas is a state of mind. It really that's is. All it is. It, it has nothing to do with the land. Texas is all yeah. states are states. So somebody said, okay, we'll call it Texas. And they laid down their claim, but the land belongs to God. Man, man, um, man didn't create the land. Man is from the land. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you want to steward something and take full liability of, of your creation, then you have to create it and you cannot have full liability for something you didn't create. So, all the all the claims in every state for it to validly exist must be a claim in God. Because man comes into his own body. Man didn't make his body. You, you're born into this body. You didn't make it. You didn't forge it. You found yourself in it. And, uh, and you use it, but you didn't make it. So it's just the same way as you look out, look out your window and you you see all of all this stuff going around the the interesting thing is it gets very confusing because you're talking about um, ideas and concepts which are um, above most people's ability to to even hold um, a conversation to even talk and, about and, it peripherally part of the reason why it's so difficult to comprehend this or even research it is because it's never being taught that's it's right. not being taught in schools it's not being taught in the churches it's not being taught in the synagogues. Well, it's not being taught in the synagogues. Um, and so it takes, it takes diligence. And a lot of people in the younger generations, younger than us, um, they've been mesmerized by, I, in my opinion, they've been mesmerized by so many shiny new things like, you know, the Internet more so than, than I was, I, my generation. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard to think in terms like this. And I've always been concerned that, you know, the younger generation is not seeking that spiritual side or that not that spiritual knowledge um, so that they can forge ahead and possibly become um totally independent and separate from you know all these bad forces out there and understand those bad forces that well, are out there i think you know to speak to the younger generations or forum um we have a lot more information hmm. and we're allowed to ask it's confusing and we've we've been able to ask a lot more questions and see things that are bullshit and things that aren't or that we can right. come with our own opinion about it. So, so if, if, if the states and the ideas and the government and everything is just, I mean, if it's all just a state of mind and no matter what, everything belongs to God and we're serving God. Yes. 
what if you question what God you serve, or you don't believe in the King James Bible, or you're tired of hearing about Catholic priests raping little boys and it getting swept under the rug, or damn sure am. pedophiles, Perfect. or whatever it is, or or how corrupt the Vatican is, or yeah, you, what I mean, how can you believe all that? It's it's no different than listening to politicians lie over and over and over again to where you just roll your eyes every time they start talking. Well, before MJ jumps in, because I know he's chomping at the bit, <laughs> let me say something <laughs> because he doesn't—he doesn't breathe. I don't know how he does it, <laughs> but he does. I think he breathes through his ears. So let me say first, what for me, what I've had to do is it's taking—it's taken me a long time. I—I <clears throat> was raised Catholic uh, and moved from the Catholic Church to Christian churches. Researched every religion that was out there focused on the New Testament and <clears throat> have come back around to um, the what what Christians call the Old Testament, the Torah, the Hebrew Bible, and have mainly focused on that. Now, MJ says that I'm doing the wrong, well, not the wrong thing, but an incomplete thing. Um, and I'm, I don't completely agree with him on that. And he... He, there is a higher uh, level that MJ is striving for, and I, we're all striving for. But I, I think that, I, you know, for me right now, I'm back on the Old Testament, and I'm kind of living in that right now. That's where, that's where my heart is. What's that higher level that you're striving for? MJ? Oh, well, first of all, uh, Ryan, um, let me just say that the question that you just asked, it goes to the very heart of this discussion. I mean, I, I like that you just saw right through it and, mm -hmm. and that you're asking directly to the heart of what we're talking about here. That's the, that's the very point is that when you become self-aware, okay, and you realize, like, for instance, when you go to the Old Testament and you realize that the name of God, which is given to man for all generations, is I am. And I am is unlimited being. It's it's being without any limitation, right? It's unlimited potential. And and we realize that what man does is he looks out of his two eyes and he he um he perceives through his five senses and he says, I'm gonna make a judgment on on what I see, what I sense. And he begins to to use his reasoning mind to the point that he becomes I am that. In other words, he, he locks in unlimited potential into a singular uh, potential. He becomes that. And and in becoming aware and be, being very um, – to take notice to what's happening to you daily and to become aware of your circumstances gives you the ability to start to question whether or not some authoritative figure came at you and said – this is the way it is, and it doesn't really matter what you think. This is the way it is. But um, you start to realize that when you, when you can understand how the state is built, you understand how the house is built, so to speak, mm -hmm. okay, um, then, then you realize, okay, let's go to the, the, the old ancient Hebrew. The first letter is Aleph. It, it, it's the... Uh, it's the strong man, the ox. And the second letter is the abet. It's the house. 
And so Ab is the strong man of the house. And and so oh, wait, stop an, for one stop for one second, MJ. One quick tangent because you brought in the Alice yeah. Bet. Most I would imagine a lot of uh, Ryan's listeners don't know that the characters in the Hebrew al alphabet, uh, each letter has its own meaning. Yes. And so I just wanted to say that continue. Okay, yeah. So so the question is, who's the strong man in your house? And the, do you even have a house? Most people have never even thought about it like that. They, they, um, they are pushed to and fro by every wind of doctrine or every wave of, of force or tribulation. Like, for instance, today um, they got this thing out here called coronavirus, and it's scaring the ever-living tar out of people to the point that they're, they're unwilling to even step outside. And, and when you ask me about a higher level, I'm telling you that when you enter into, okay, what I'm about to say, I know that everybody that, that, that doesn't have any knowledge of what I'm spiritual principles is just going to laugh me to scorn. And I, and I'm willing to take on the laughter and the scorn and let me be the fool. Okay. I'll be the fool for a minute. But when you begin to learn of spiritual principles and you begin to realize that the God that everyone is seeking for is at your core. It's at, it's the center of your being. And the thing is, is most people never want to stop and look within themselves. They're waiting for something to happen outside of them, and they never want to take full liability for themselves and look within their consciousness and be true to their, their true self. Okay, quick Not tangent. Quick tangent. i got to interrupt. But there, based on what MJ is saying, there is one God. The, Bible, the, the scriptures tell us there is one God, and yes. that 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 God is within us. So well, all, the, all the scriptures, all, all the, the scriptures all of them are do. telling you the same thing. Like, for instance, if you look at the Grecian mythologies, they have multiple gods. But see, what you have to realize is these different gods, quote unquote, are na different natures in the one God. All the mythologies of the world are telling you exactly the same thing. If you want to look at the Hindu system, all the different gods there, they're the different natures of, of the one God. If you look at, say, for instance, the Islamic set, you can literally break down the Hebrew, uh, the, the Torah, and put it beside the Quran. And when you start to understand the symbolisms, you can make peace between the two. And this guy calls God Allah. This guy calls God Yahweh, Yahweh, whatever, um, Yahweh. You can make peace. There's just one God. It's just they have a different set. Well, and y'all were talking about set of symbols. You were talking about maps and overlays. So all these different religious. Yeah all these different books and different sects and everything are just different ma overlays on them in the map of God. Yes. But yes. So the problem, and, and I can understand that because I, the way I look at God and spirituality is that we're all of the same God. Yes. You know, we all have the same God. My dog and I have the same God, yes. you know, yes. all of my Jewish friends and my Muslim friends and my atheist friends, we all have the same God. Yes. Where I have a problem is where people start pointing a finger and telling each other they're wrong right? And, and, and passing judgment. And then once I start hearing that, I'm like, you know, fuck all your books. I got my belief and I'm just going to go by that because there's too much contradiction in, in what everyone is saying. And I think that's where a lot of problem with younger people 
is because they can, because now we have all this information, you know, it's not just, um, you were told stories in Sunday school your whole life and you just thought that's how everything was. And then one day you hear a a different belief and you're like, well, that's completely wrong. You have that. What is it? The, uh, uh, cognitive dissonance. I call it MK ultra. It's that's right. Exactly. Cognitive dissonance. Exactly. But the, but just the, and just these limiting beliefs that everybody operates under, I think it generates a lot of hate and a lot of issues that, that take you away from what your God is really all about. And that should be love. In yes. my oh, you're exactly right. And you're the right God on, in man. you, Ryan, the God in you, the God in you, Lenny, is the same God in, in me. We right. have the same God at our center. And, and, and the guy who says, well, I'm the Islamic set. Well, okay, brother, then you're in Islam. The same God that's in you, the same God's in me. Let's look past the flesh and this is what we mean by self-determination. No longer am I going to listen, to, uh, am I going to sit at the feet of some preacher? No longer am I going to sit at the feet of some doctor. I cannot sit at the feet of any guru. I have to be true to myself. And the only one that I can, um, that can determine this path is me. And that's why in the book of Moses, it says, I place before you this day life and death. Please choose life. In other words, you're the chooser, and, and just like the movie The Matrix put made it really plain, the problem and the solution is choice. And, and the problem is choice because most people refuse to make a choice, and in refusing to make a choice, they have made a choice for their negative. Well, and, and in our country, uh, our Constitution uh, allows us to be a sovereign so, so that we can be, you know, uh, go after self-determination, our own self-determination. Absolutely. So, but, but it's been twisted and bent into something else. And, and even today with this coronavirus and, you know, more people want to take, take away uh, um, our rights, uh, it seems like, to, uh, for, sa- for reasons of safety. You know, yes, it, it reminds me of um, the thing that happened there at, uh, you know, the false flag event at September 11th, uh, 2001. Yeah. You know, any engineer worth his weight and salt knows that all three of those buildings were is controlled demolition. And the planes were just, they were either, um, um, how do they say, um, they're an illusion. Um, in other words, it, it, I, I know of no one that actually looked up and saw airplanes. But because they showed you airplanes on a uh, TV screen, everybody said, oh, it must have been some airplanes that hit. But any engineer that has, has, has any con- um, contemplation of moment of inertia can prove, even to a five-year-old, that it was a total lie. And you can go out and test this theory of what I'm telling you. Go out in your garage and take a um, cardboard box and then take another cardboard box of equal size fill it full of books, lift it, lift it five foot on top of it and drop it and see what happens. <laughs> now, according to the nine 11 deal, it's supposed to all collapse. I mean, straight to the ground, right? Watch what happens. Inertia will hold that whole thing up. It will eventually collapse. The, the point is, is you see the same thing happening today. You see, um, because of fear, um, in came the Patriot act one and two, which was a sweeping, 
um, dismissal of, of certain rights that had been forged. See, government is there to hold rights and trust on behalf of the people. It's the servant of the people. Okay. It doesn't and, exist without the people. Correct. It has to have because all power flows from the from the people who forged the declaration, and are now um, transferring that that power to a government to hold it in trust for their benefit. And so, today we see another false flag. Um, it, I mean, come on. I mean, let's be real. Let's talk real for a minute. This coronavirus has killed probably. Um, not even a a 20 percent of what the flu's killed okay the flu kills almost uh, 80 to 100 percent more um uh, just in the first three months i think i saw something recently where the <clears throat> coronavirus had killed to to date something like 21,000 people the flu had killed something like 113,000, and yet we live we've been living with the flu for a long time now and there's no mass hysteria um point is 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 those that understand how to manipulate the mass through their subconscious mind understand that the subconscious is programmed through repetition and and that we're they're able to uh, program that fear to to an extent where people will willingly give up their sovereign rights that were forged in that constitution um, just so they can have the sense of false security when in reality, if you study the law, like you know, Lenny and I have, I've got more than 10,000 hours studying the law and another uh, 10,000 studying scripture and um, in ancient languages. Um, the thing is, he's got, a, he's got a photographic memory, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you start to realize that you are the law. When, and, and this goes to right, directly to your question, Ryan. Um, you are, let's, let's go to religion. We've been talking about the state. Let's go down to religion. You are the living word. Take up the mantle and live, man. And, and don't As an sit example. at the feet of some, you know, guru or some pastor and for 30 years and like a, like a, a cow. I mean, look, if you, if let's take an example of a farmer. The farmer gets up and he feeds his cows every morning at 6 a.m., right? And I'm telling you what, those cows will start bellowing if you're not there at 6 a.m., right? Mm -hmm. But wait, let me break you. He actually, uh, Ryan is uh, a good living example. I mean, he's he's a man that, from what I've seen, he he's doing the show. Uh, yes. He's concerned about being a good father, a good husband, a good businessman. Absolutely. Um, the things that I've, I've witnessed and read and people that, that have told me um, that he's, you know, he's an example. And, and that's what, so in other words, I think, and I wrote this down in the chat because I didn't want to forget it. Y'all can look in the chat. MJ and I've talked about this, trying to live in honor with God. And yes. you may not think of it that way or even say it that way. But I think you, that's exactly what the three of us have been trying to do is to live in honor with God. And, um, and uh, man, I'm, I appreciate you, you know, having the show and, you Absolutely. know, your heart, you know, wanting to be a good father and talk to other dads. I mean, it's awesome. Thanks, Lenny. I appreciate that. Proud of you, dude. Oh, uh, 
I got to tell you guys, I told my um, my children uh, before I came to the call tonight, I, I told my children, I'm getting ready to go on this podcast and I'm going to talk about what it means to be a good dad. And both of them fell on the floor laughing. <laughs> you? Are you sure they got the right guy? <laughs> well, it's an instructional podcast, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, I told him, I said, look, I said, don't I fill the house with laughter? And they said, yeah, but you're not supposed to laugh at us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, you know, we'd say we had a good laugh on that. But I guess, you know, the, the thing is, is getting back to the idea of it really boils down to two things. It's, it's the difference between limited liability and full liability. And we all like to think about ourselves our ego likes to say, I take liability for myself. Well, okay. Well, let me ask you, I'll show you what I mean. What happens when you travel? Do you have to have a passport? Yeah. Well, why do you have a passport? Because the United States is picking up your liability when you go into a foreign country. That's why you have to have a passport. Now that's the difference in, see in your creations, whatever you create, you have full liability for your creations. Well, wait a minute. You didn't finish the story, MJ. Why does the United States have to have, or why does a country have to have pick up liability? Because that's a sovereign man and all the children in their house, the children can't, can't have liability. So the children or the citizen has to um, rely upon the man of the house to pick up their liability. If you've got children, then you know, your children can't contract your house to any contract. Uh, you and you and your wife contract the house. And what kind of liability does the the government take on uh, for a citizen traveling abroad? All of it, all the liability, because uh, they are saying that we, if there's a problem with our citizen, then we'll we'll make it right. We're gonna we're gonna stand surety for what they'll do and we'll we'll come back and, and try them in our courts but we're going to make it right in regard to your state because you're dealing with uh, sovereignty you're dealing with a um a legal system um uh, if you want to think of it like this you're dealing with two men that are standing before god saying i i have made my claim and i'm going to keep it righteous before the throne of god hey and, ryan yes sir. Yeah. ryan i i guarantee that when we were went down to Mexico, not one of those hundred people that were down there with us thought about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not one, man. I guarantee you. Well, I, I bet money on it. Now, I do think that about a about twelve of them that were down there were probably pretty concerned what would happen if there was any issues. Oh yeah, yeah. If they got caught with anything, or if they did have to, you know. Or if the cartels came after them, that's probably what they were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the interesting thing, guys. If you if you study, when you start to really study the law, then you realize that getting back to the idea of 9-11 and what's going on with the coronavirus, politically, they're using this as a tool in order to um, remove rights. And they're, they're literally, right now, this is a fact. This is an absolute fact. They're, re- they're restructuring um, the bankruptcy right now. The Federal Reserve's in bankrupt. The Federal Reserve is in default. They're restructuring the Federal Reserve right now. The Federal Reserve is going to be uh, brought into the United States Treasury, and Donald Trump is going to be the new head of the Treasury. Okay. And that's why? Why do we know that, MJ? Explain well, why we know that. Because 
we've been at this for a long, long time. And it, and it you it's, know, it's Black Root, right? That's like brokering it all. Well, that's an agent that's that that's going to be used in order to satiate the uh, the public interest. But what really happens behind the scenes is, okay, let let me just say it like this right here to just try to bring us up to another higher level. When the Constitution says we the people of the United States, that's not me and you, okay? We the people of the United States were the founding fathers and their families, and that was all. They were the body of men who were called the United States, okay? And they did it for themselves and their posterity. It was a business plan because the United States of America is a totally separate entity, and the United States of America was in was in default to the kings, King Louis and King George. And King Louis and King George told them, if you don't get your act together, we're taking the land back. Because in 1782, they did a treaty, and that treaty in Versailles was a land grant. And they said, if you don't get your act together, we're taking it back. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so um, um, there was a deal made. Um, and, and how do you know there was a deal made? Because King George, the King of England, funded both sides of the war. He funded it from his side, and then he and then he made a loan through his banks to King Louis in France to fund the 55 here in the states, the 55 businessmen here in the states called the Founding Fathers. And now, if you think that this is like really out there, just pull out a one dollar bill, and you'll notice writing all caps written across the one dollar bill is the United States of America. Well, that was the original, that was the original corporation of states and uh, styled under the confederacy okay and and see that's all been held in trust now it's being all held in trust because the united states stepped in as the uh, guarantor essentially the trustee and said we'll take the liability and and that's a that is a spiritual law he who has the liability uh, excuse me he who has the management has full liability and he who has full liability eats first that's the one who's is the the big hog at the trough. That's the one who eats first. Everybody else eats last, right? Mm-hmm. So they did it for themselves and their posterity. And the, we are not the posterity. But what they did is they created. I'm gonna use an analogy. They created a tree, this beautiful tree, and now uh, birds and all sorts of animals can come take shade under that tree. Well, cattle. And see, that's where. It's, it's a farming analogy where uh, the people of the land are as cattle to a farmer. And, and, and when you understand these agricultural analogies, the scriptures will just blossom for you. And so they created this, this new tree in the earth, and people from all over the world are coming to take refuge under the shade of this new tree. And that's the state, you see. And um, and it's a beautiful thing. It really is an amazing creation. The state is beautiful. But when the people who run it become, uh, see, the state can never die, right? You see, the state is a is a is a gigantic trust, but there's no man's name there. It's just an office, and it never and dies. So it can't die. It it lives forever. Remember, you so, remember the the story about Joseph uh, yeah. in Egypt. So that that would be another good analogy. You know, the the seven good years. I mean, everybody was coming. They all the plenty and and then of course the seven bad years um and everything was built joseph had built everything up and and had gotten um 
all the the people to sign over their their farms and their possessions and joseph put them in store put everything in storage and farmed it out to um uh, the people during bad times S similar analogy i would think absolutely and, and so so basically you're looking at self-determination takes on many forms so for instance there's self-determination at the at the level of the laws of nations where you create a brand new nation state and it could be as just um you and your wife and that's why for instance you see, when you understand property and you understand that um, that slaves were thought of as property, the only way a slave could marry within the house of, of a property owner was for the master to grant a license. <laughs> you <say> okay. <laughs> when you start to see this, then you'll start to see it, okay? But here's the thing. The scripture says if you're going to be the, the word slave and the word subject and the word citizen are synonymous. They mean the same thing. All right. It's all the same. When you understand this, if you're going to be a citizen, be a good citizen. If you want to live within the agreements, if you can abide by that agreement, then keep your keep your agreements and be a good citizen. Submit to your heads of state and abide by the laws. Be a good citizen. You have entered into that agreement in your mind. And so um, all the trusts, the relationships, the confidences which you forge within that platform, do your very best to uphold that. But if you don't want to be subject to, you want to be able to run your own house, then do that. Okay, but now understand that you have a full liability for everything that goes on in your house. Like let's say, for instance, you're a captain of a ship. And, and the conning officer makes a decision and crashes the ship into the side of the, uh, the mountain or something. I don't know. And, uh, or you run aground. Yeah. The conning officer can't stand before the court martial and say it's my fault. It doesn't matter if the captain had been on the bridge for 48 hours and needed He has rest. ultimate liability. The captain's the one responsible for the ship. And that's why you'll hear people call it the USS united states and um and that we the legal names are like dinghies tied up to the to the um to the master ship and that's exactly right well, um, you, it's you, just a different analogy you know that that thought process applies a lot to i mean because i mean this is a lot of information and if guys are listening to it they're just i'm sure uh quite a, i mean it's fascinating but this is deep we, we listen we talk we we talk how many two three times a week we we're, we go deep, 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 man. Actually, <laughs> Ryan, this is like the tip of the iceberg, brother. I'm not yeah. kidding you. This is it the is tip. tip. But, but if you've never been introduced to this kind of thinking before, it, it, I, I pre totally appreciate what you're coming from. So go ahead. Well, and just it's, it's the, um, you know, uh, like a, you hear a lot of guys talking about uh, Jocko Willing's book, Extreme Ownership, and how it, and and it's basically you're responsible for everything that that is under that you're liable for. So yes. just like a business owner, you know, if my, one of my employees runs over a mailbox, well, the, he's my employees on the clock. He's in my truck. I'm the one that has to fix it. Yeah. And they, in yes. the way labor laws are, they don't even have to pay for it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's the same thing with your kids. Uh, you know, if they're under your law, under your, your guidance, under your protection or whatever, then, ultimately until they're adults you're responsible for them 
Um, I would not venture to say that I'm responsible for my wife or (laughs) she's responsible for my actions, but you know, we're kind of a team. So hopefully we're like-minded enough that we're in unison with how we think and act and behave and conduct ourselves. How would you say that this, this kind of stuff applies to a modern man who's not, well, is willing or open to go this deep, but can still, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is how can this apply to the younger generation and not be so intimidating? You, you may, maybe a better question is where's a good place to start and to, to, cause it's a big elephant and you want to take a little bitty bites out of this elephant, one little bite at a time, where do you start? And for me, 15 years ago, MJ suggested several things that I get. <laughs> you remember what those were, MJ? You said, get, you, number one, you got to have a Bible. Yes. Number two, you got to have a concordance. Yes. Number three, you need a copy of the uh, Constitution. Um, and those are the three starting places for me. What, what about you, MJ? Is that where you started? Uh, yeah, I, I've been at it for a long time. Well, I mean, we go back 15 have, years, man. Go back know, 15 years. At that point, I, um, I really didn't understand the spiritual side of it. I, I, I was really rooted in what I will call flesh consciousness. And what I mean by that is, um, whatever I could perceive with my senses and reason with my mind was my only truth. Mm. Well, Mm. that's a good way of saying it, but it's even deeper than that. Faith Um, in yourself. And I didn't have faith in myself and exactly. No, I, I know it, it, I I can speak with such confidence, but I am speaking at that point in my, my, when I was talking to people, you know, I used to do these things like this, um, Ryan, seven days a week and and go on for five hours in one setting man just giving giving, giving. 10 hours man i'd go on that long too and and uh because there's a spiritual law that says the more you give the more you'll get right and it's a fact if you give with an open free heart it'll return to you uh 50 100 fold and that's a fact so um so anyway at that time i i um I knew a lot and I knew stories and I was able to put together the web and I was able to see how literally I'm going to say something that's going to sound strange, but everything is connected. And, and sometimes I'll go down a path and people will say, well, you went off on a tangent, but in my mind, it's all connected. Right. And the point is, is, is what I'm trying to get at is, um, you can know all of, you can have all this information, but if you don't know what it means, mm. if you don't know, like you can, you can read all these books and you're looking for the answers. And, but if you don't know the language that they're using, this, the set of symbols that the, the, um, the author is employing, then he's talking in code, even though you might think you understand. And like, for instance, if you read the Constitution and Declaration of Independence, I guarantee you've never understood it. And I'll give you an example, for instance. Um, It says in the Declaration, for we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, right? Okay, well, go look at that word men. It's a capital M on that word men. Why is it capitalized? Because it doesn't mean human beings. 
all states are created equal. They are forged by a declaration of trust, and that's self-evident. You have to come and take full liability. So you say, well, where do I start? Well, I'm telling you, um, with any with any contract, with any relationship, with any agreement between man or woman and man and man, you have to start there at the foundation, and you have to forge trust. Um, like yeah, but instance, before you start, before you start, uh, and what I did is that I actually spent time in prayer, talking to God, and saying, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm really interested in this, and I really." I want to, I want to gain some knowledge so that I can be more in honor with you and, and achieve self-determination so that I can be a sovereign man and, you know, live and raise my children in a way that they will know you better. And so, I mean, basically what I did is I went to God and I spent some time talking to him. Like I'm like, we're talking right now had conversations with God and, and basically sought his permission to, to um, um, proceed and learn and soak and retain information. That's what I did. That's how I did it. Is, have you done that, MJ? Well, I think what you're saying is you, you pretty much, you humbled yourself and you, you realized that everything that you thought you know that you thought you knew right you, you really didn't know anything but and, did you and, do the same thing oh absolutely okay you get you get to a point in life where you're tired of eating the hog slop you're like you know <laughs> um you know i'm tired of listening to these buffoons who don't do nothing but forecast fear and real men do lust. this this is what real men do and so you, they you come themselves. to realize that i mean <laughs> I was 36 years old and I looked at myself in the mirror and said, you don't know anything. And, you don't know shit. <laughs> and, and it's true. And I, I got multiple engineering degrees, but I'm telling you right now, engineers, we can build things, but ask an engineer to, to tell you about fire. He, he'll tell you how to build it. He'll tell you what his constituents are, but he, he has no idea of how fire works. Ask him to describe electricity. Ask him to tell you about gravity. And, and, and watch as the buffoon sputters all sorts of big words at you. But at the end of the day, he doesn't know. He, he has models. Man can only do so much. And man, what man does is man creates models, which are overlays of what's real. And so what I did is I got to the point where I, I understood the analogy. It says that if a man, as he enters into the city of city of Jerusalem, he must unpack his camel if he wants to get through the through the eye of the needle gate. And what it means is we got to unpack our pride and come to the point where, you know, everything I think I am and everything I pride myself in being, it's nothing. And if I just make more time for the ever living, then more time will be made for me. And you say it's impossible. Well, how could more time be made for me? Do it, and you will be amazed at how much more time that you have, and how much, uh, how um, your workload is going to go way down, and your your increase is going to go way up. You you make time for God, and and believe me when I tell you, time will be made for you. Um, and that's a trust. Trust is not uh, anybody in any business relationship. Okay, Ryan, you've got your business. 
there's no way we have a conversation tonight and you tell me, hey, man, how'd you like to come in 50% on my business? <laughs> you know, I mean, we would have to really forge a relationship and, and have on both sides a double-edged sword from my side, too. I'd be like, hold on a minute. What's wrong with this guy? Why is he asking, giving me 50% of his business, right? I mean, this So you're saying God's not going to God's not going to do that for us. I'm saying that you can have God is unlimited substance, unlimited being, unlimited supply. Okay, it's it's beyond our comprehension. Man can talk about infinity, but man cannot stretch his mind to understand infinity. Right. And so if you will just humble yourself and come to the ever living, the infinite and, and, and make time for that and look within yourself and, and be, be humble and, and realize this thing called, like, I like to say here recently, you know, when I was born as a baby, um, you know, here I was, I popped right out and all I knew was I am, I looked around and was like, man, this place is pretty cool, you know? And then, and then all of a sudden, somebody started call, somebody started calling me Michael. And then I came home, and they put me in my crib, and they said, "This is your crib," and they put me in my room. And eventually, I started to forge this identity called Michael, and and um, and then things started becoming mine. And so, the point is, is this Michael Joseph? It's just a tool I use. It's just a it's 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 just something that I use in order to to have relationships, but it's not real. It's something that I created. I would say one of the things I've been thinking about, I've been hearing you say that. Who are you? At my heart, at my center, I am God. How could I not be God? All is God. If God is one and there's only one God, because it logic, if you just think logically and you go up the binary tree you're going to come to a point where you can't go anymore and and um and you're going to realize that all had to come from the body of one and and then you realize if all comes from the body of one then all is god it's just that um our our waking objective conscious mind um it starts to identify with the central ego and the central ego literally attaches itself to our flesh as if it is the flesh. And that's all an illusion. That's so all if you are real. one with God, if you are one with God and your name is not Michael, what is your name? Or do you have a name? <laughs> My name is I am. My name is I. <laughs> See, that's it. See, once I start giving things names, yeah, I know. then I, I have to take liability for that name. And now let's look at what the state does. Let's bring it full circle back to the state. <laughs> Didn't the state give you a birth certificate and set a seal upon it and gave you a name to use? And, gave, and I gave didn't ask them to do that, did I? And then they said, and they, they, they just sat back and waited for you to use it. That's what everybody does. And, and that's devious bastards. Do, you know, <laughs> but see, <laughs> that name is legal to their trust. That, and if you want to keep it in trust language, that's the name that you can use to, to obtain benefits within this trust that's set up, right? So, so when you start to see that, then you realize the true me, the true me, the true self, which is me, is, um, is, if you want to go to the to the Old Testament and the New Testament, the the true you is the Son of God. That's the true you, and and it has to be, 
And so when you look past the flesh, you're looking at the sons and daughters of God. And now you can treat people with utmost respect without judgment or without uh, condemnation because they're living their life based on their choices. And who am I to judge another? I got, I got problems myself, you see, and we're going to, we're not going to try to control anymore. We're not going to say, well, you're not a part of our religious cult. So, you know, you, you, you can't be saved. No, 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 no. In fact, somebody who comes at you with that kind of language, they are really in a bad way themselves because they've set themselves up as judge and jury over another son and daughter of God. Well, an executioner too. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, that's what you call a trustee de son tort at law, you're actually assuming that you have uh, power to administrate this, this uh, f- uh, force and will of God, when in fact, you're the dupey conqueror standing there completely naked <laughs> in, front of the ro- in front of the royal court, and they're laughing you to, you know, to scorn because you think you got some sort of standing and you got none, right? And if you don't issue a counterclaim or know how to issue a counterclaim, you're fucked. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, that's, you know, you talk about judgment of people because they don't, you know, step in line with one religion or one belief, or, you know, if this preacher is judging you because you're gay or because you don't put enough in the collection plate, or if you're sinning or whatever it may be and right. controls you, which I believe that, I believe that churches control people by shame and false hope. And that's exactly. And that's, you know, I've heard it before. This is a hospital, not an emergency room. You've got to, you know, you got to keep coming back. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Like I find my, I find my connection in God outside and with interacting with other people and not judging them and, and acts of service and love. And y'all spoke about, um, you know, spending time with God. I know for myself, Personally, if I sit long enough talking to God, asking him for advice, I'm going to start giving myself the advice I want to hear. So I've got to make sure that I'm talking to trusted mentors, not trusted buddies, guys that I respect, that have seen the mile, that understand me, that have have experienced more life than I have, and tell them this is what I'm thinking. And, and have the kind of relationship and bond built with them that they can kick me the real deal and be like, yeah, you're full of shit, man. You know, you're basically <laughs> well, living in self-will instead of God's will. You know, Ryan, that, it's really interesting you say uh, that you start hearing yourself. And I used to do that. And when I started reading more like the Psalms or, or whatever, you know, the first five books, and I, I was able to, identify things that God might say or the things that he has said. And I'm playing those in my head while I'm asking him those questions because I've studied his word. So that's how I did it. That's, that's how I do it. And that's how I did it. But I know exactly what, you know, I'll sit, sometimes I'll second guess myself and go, okay, is that me talking? Is that me giving that answer? let me go back and do my research to make sure that I'm not just saying what I think I want to hear. It's hard, man. It's tough, but having a mentor like you do and having friends that you can talk to 
Yeah, that really helps. Well, and that's tremendously. That's, that's the whole point of, I mean, really, that's the point of the circle of dads is so guys can quit operating in fear, um, yeah. uh, assumption, double, triple-mindedness, not knowing what to think. Uh, a lot of the guys in here, you know, grew up without dads, so they don't have that guidance. A lot of guys were scorned by religion, so they don't have, they're not stepping foot near that again. So then you're yeah. just kind of a, a ship without a sail or, or a ship without a rudder would yeah. probably be better because, you know, you're still getting blown all around and you have no bearing. You have no way to stay on course because you just, you don't know. And so when you start trying to sit there and, and be not in self-reflection, but, um, mental masturbation, you know, um, mental masturbation, you're going to end up fucking yourself. I mean, cause it's, it's like you're, you, there's no, you're just sitting there, uh, uh, just picking everything apart until you get to either the worst case scenario and then you freeze and it's that paralysis by analysis, or you convince yourself that your idea is the best idea and then you move forward and these guys, and that's where, what's so wonderful about wisdom of older generations and having these bonds with older men and, and, um, you know, I, I try to tell guys all the time, like find guys that you want what they have, not the car and the wife or anything like that, but, but the life peace, yeah, the peace, peace the, the, the confidence, the just knowing that everything's going to be okay. You know, when it, when there's complete fucking chaos, look for the calm guy. That's the guy you want to be next to. Um, and you got, by the way, Ryan, what you're doing is you're forging church when you do that. You're the true body ecclesia. So you may not think <laughs> you're in church, but you are when you find <laughs> other like-minded people like that. You're you're in church. Well, I'm gonna start passing the plate then. <laughs> hey, I'd like That's to tell my you, way. I'd like to um, build on what you were just talking about. You started off, Ryan, by saying, you know, you, you spoke to the the church that condemns homosexuality, right? Mm -hmm. And and you know, it comes out of the book of Romans. And ultimately it comes from the idea that God is life and God is about creation. And when you look at a homosexual deed, there's no child being born of that, right? Uh, but I'm gonna go deep here for a minute. I'm gonna go past the the, the flesh way of thinking of it okay you're gonna go gonna... deep so to speak is that what yeah. You're... <laughs> yeah so uh so this is what it means from um the, the perspective of the sanctuary right we're not on the outside of the, um, the courtyard we're going to enter into the sanctuary and look at this a little bit differently okay so let's say i have a church okay and i've been elected to be the pastor and there's elders right and then there's laity that's sitting in the pew right the, the elders and the leaders of the church are, are they're the ones that move the church. They're the dynamic aspect of the church. So they take on the aspect of manhood because when you look at how a child is born, the woman is receptive and the man is dynamic. This, the sperm swims to the egg, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. The, the, the laity sits in the pews and receives from the pastors, right? So the laity is as the woman in the church, right? So the house is one, a man and a woman. The leadership is masculine. The, 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 the ones that get the benefit of the leadership is feminine, right? Now, <clears throat> 
this is what it means to do a homosexual deed in regard to by the way you could use the same analogy for state the heads of state masculine and the citizenship feminine right now what happens when a a leader of a church goes to another leader of a church and says hey what do you think what do you think this uh this scripture means you see they're performing a homosexual deed they should be going to God and saying, please give me clarity. Please give me the understanding so that I can go and give this message to, to your people. Right. And, but they deny God and they go and take counsel among themselves. And then they kick around numerous ideas and they may as well be, you know, the blind lead the blind. They both end up in the ditch is what the scripture says. All right. Now, that's a, a male-to-male relationship, but now we can have a female-to-female relationship too, whereas uh, one member of the laity comes over here of one church that comes over here to another church and says, our pastor teaches this, what's your pastor teach? That's also a homosexual relationship, right? Okay, now what happens when the member of the laity goes over to another church and starts attending at that church? Isn't that an adulterous relationship? He's starting to get a, a different view of things now. Now, I, w- I would like you to take this analogy and point it inside of your own being. Let's point it into our own consciousness now, right? So I've got this thought that comes into my head. And if I go over here and I ask somebody else and say, what do you think? And I'm not true to myself. I'm not true to my internal compass, to my internal um, feelings. And, and that which is, this comes all back to self-determination, you see. And I don't go within my center and sit and find my center, sit in peace. The scripture says, be still on your bed and know that I am God. In other words, sit in peace, let all the world's cares drift away, and know at your center is God. And, and, and ask, ask the question then. Be true to yourself and ask the question then. You won't be steered wrong. And if you learn, you know, some of the spiritual laws, the keys that have been completely hidden from the people of how to create from that standpoint – then you'll realize you don't need a guru. You don't even need, we don't need to get together and talk. You are the God. You are the living word walking in this earth. And, and your word is living because, and this is, this is the fundamental of what we're talking about. You remember when they used to say, my word is my bond? Well, yeah. they don't say that anymore because they got a bank who will stand surety for you. Right. You got a third party that says we'll stand surety for you because we know you're not going to keep your word. OK, let's just be real. Well, okay? Let me let me ask you about yeah. this. So like, if <laughs> if 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 you're supposed to uh, innately know what the answers are, because you are God and you are. Yes, you are of God. Yes, I have a hard time with that because you can only make you can only come to conclusions with information that you're given. Right. I mean, well, I can't just ask myself because I've experienced that I've made decisions based on something that was, uh, intuitive. 
And that turned out to be a fucking shit show. And when I shared my decision with people that I trusted, they were like, well, how the hell could that turn out any other way? But I thought 100% I was operating. uh, I was moving in in a positive direction with good information. Got it. So if, if you are, and how would you learn um, the word of God? Then you would have to go find a church of some sort or a scripture and then study it. So if you are responsible of coming up with your own information, your own facts and educating yourself, then you're kind of left to the lottery of, I hope I pick the right book. Because exactly. you, could, you could accidentally pick up Spider-Man episode 27 and that's religion to you. And that's what you make all your decisions based off of then. Okay. To, yeah. But for me, it's, it's, you know, you guys are, are y'all, y'all have years of experience, um, researching these things. Yeah. Would you be saying the same things when you were 32 with a young no, kid? Yeah, I started researching before 32. No, but, but I but you make a you your your questions are to the heart of the yeah. difference between the struggle between flesh consciousness and spiritual consciousness. And in flesh consciousness, in fact, Lenny and I just talked about this maybe yesterday, I think. Yesterday, and probably yeah. In flesh consciousness, all you can do is gather as much information as you possibly can gather together, right? Mm-hmm. And you make your decision based upon the best knowledges that you can obtain, right? Yeah. Now, in spirit consciousness, you don't have to do any of that. In fact, you can create in spirit consciousness, and the difference of creation in spirit consciousness is once you create it in the spirit, it will materialize in your world, and you don't have to do anything to make it materialize. Can you give me an example of that? Okay, I can give you literally multiple examples, but I'll give you one. Let's start with one. (laughs) Okay, but in regard to my daughter, um, um, my daughter, uh, she she wanted to go to a particular college at one point. And so I said, well, let's sit down, let's pray about it. And uh, let's see, let's see it happening for you. And let's pray the way we know how to pray. So she says, Dad, but we haven't even done any paperwork. I said, we don't have to do any paperwork. I said, we're putting it in God here, and, and God, all things are possible for God. So all we have to have is the faith that it's going to happen. So, What did she do when you said that? Well, again— Did she believe it, you? It, did she trust in you or, like, look well, at you crazy? She trusted me because I'm Dad, but, you know, with anything in life, um, when you're, when you're, you're shown something that's way outside of your arena of experience, you, you, you doubt a little bit, right? So I said, here's what we're going to do. Let's come into my office. Let's sit here and tell me about what it would be like if you got a, a full ride scholarship. What, what would it be like? Paint that picture. Paint it, paint it to the, to the minutest degree. Okay. Yeah. I mean, paint it down to the dance you plan to do. Who's going to be in the room, right? Yeah. So we sat in there and we experienced the feeling of joy and we sat in this prayer. You see, to, to pray is not to utter words. To pray is to feel with your heart and to to sit in that. That's your six days of work. In Genesis Visualize. 1, that's your six days of actual creation. And you, you, you do it in love. You do it in faith. See, the sun is love and the moon is faith. And those are set in the, in the internal man, into the heavens, your, your internal man. And you, you sit in that until a feeling of peace comes over you, a feeling of relief, a feeling of great joy comes over you. 
And then you say, thank you. And you're done. You don't say, I pray this in Jesus's name. You just did it in Jesus's name. You did it in the, in the nature of God. So you say, thank you. And you get up and go about your day and you don't try to do anything to make it come to be. Well, that's what we did. And that's what, that's what I did with, with Jacob and Maddie, uh, my children. And I explained that at the uh, rehearsal dinner that you heard and how we visualized what Jacob's wife was going to look like. We painted the picture for uh, a long time, as long as Jacob would let me pray with him. <clears throat> Same thing with my daughter painted that picture. My wife and I, when we uh, go and, and um, uh, think about, you know, our next project, our next building project, um, we talk about it at great, great length. And then we, build a picture book we start cutting out pictures in magazines and start talking about all the things that we want this this uh, structure to look like and what it's going to have in it and we plan together and imagine it and visualize and um and we even pray about it we talk to god about it but y'all so, take y'all take action on it well, well i mean take, it requires let me, action let like, me explain let me explain it doesn't require action the prayer is the action and so so we we went i decided to to go to um indiana i took my family to indiana and we spent two weeks with my brother-in-law well we get home and um um, rachel my daughter goes out to get the mail and uh, comes back in she's got a full ride scholarship to this college she i sit back in my chair and i feel like i'm doing deja vu I'm watching everything that we did with the prayer, even down to the fact that the grandparents were there, even in regard to the dance and how it played out in front of me. And guess what? For some reason, her guidance counselor was moved to apply on her behalf for this scholarship. So we didn't, we didn't apply for it. Hmm. So now get this. Turns out she actually goes and spends some time to uh, at this college and realizes I really don't want to go there. I thought I did, but I don't. So she wanted to go to this other college. Well, we sat down and did the same process. And we go down there, and the senses, you're always going to be tested through your five senses. In the scriptures, they're the five lords of the Philistines, and they will rule you if you allow them. Okay? Now... She went down there to see the college and she went down there to admissions and where she could apply for, you know, scholarships and whatever. And the man told her, I wish you'd have been here a couple of weeks ago. We've given out our last amount of money. We don't have any more money, scholarship money. So she came back and she, she we sat in my office and I said, and you're going to believe him? I said, we already put this prayer in God. We already married the thought with the desire and we placed it in the in the holy spirit we placed it in the womb of the holy spirit and it's done rachel it's done we don't have to do anything else all we have to do is sit back and watch it materialize and give thanks for it and so um um i guess it was about two weeks later we get a letter in the mail she gets a she gets a full ride scholarship and my point is when you begin to understand these things, true religion is not something where you sit in a pew and you feel like you're a little ant and the, and the guy delivering the message is some, you know, giant. 
Stand up, sit down, five, five, five. True religion is something you can take home tonight and test. And you can start testing it in the little things and seeing if, you know, if you put in the prayer correct and, and if your headache goes away, you know, um, I mean, I cracked my ribs. I, I, I literally was doing something on my truck. I cracked my ribs and literally cracked, cracked a, a rib on my left side. And I came into my office, sat down for a half an hour in prayer, came out of my prayer session, no pain, completely healed. Here's one. I want to have don't a better, know. here's one. I want, I want a better relationship with my child. And I'm, I think Amen. about, I want, yes. I want to visualize um, repeatedly and and elaborately what that's going to look like yes. and you know that that's that's something you can test pretty quick you can, you can test it every single moment at every single choice and here's the thing the key to prayer is this you have to imagine a mutually beneficial relationship for everyone involved so your prayer for your for your prayer to be answered in God, it has to be rooted in love. Because the way prayer works is, if you try to throw a cursing out there on somebody, guess what happens? It boomerangs and comes you. back on your own head, and it doesn't come back on your head one to one. It comes back two to one. So you never ever want to enter into an imagined state where you're imagining somebody's somebody's demise. The scripture says, "Be angry and don't sin." In other words, be true to your emotion. Emotion is, is the key. Without the emotion, you can't pray properly. You need to bring your emotion in with the thought and then and then see yourself in the imagined reality. It, all you have to do is see it in the throne room of your mind. Bring all your senses in. What does it feel like? What does it smell like? What does the what are the sounds in the room? Are there other people in the room where we're congratulating each other and it's awesome are they smiling are they happy is there music playing are there flowers on the table or is there a cake is there whatever you can do is there this food and you can begin to test it on the very on the little things and as your little little things happen for you your faith is increased and you get stronger and stronger in your belief because belief belief is the key without belief you can't do it but when you have when you have the faith, think of faith as the title deed to the state in which you desire. Hmm. And there's a verse in the first. Say that again. Think of think faith, of faith. Faith is the title deed to the state in which you desire. So if you don't have nice. faith, you don't have title to the state. Nice. But if you have faith, you have the title so that it could be granted to you because you're holding title. You have just an equitable title. Therefore, you've got the title to the state. So there you go. It's coming to you. Sweet. That's a good one. Well, it, there's another uh, in first John chapter three, verse nine says that, which is that, which that, which is birth of God cannot sin. And the pastors used to tell me, they'd say, <clears throat> well, that means once you're born again, you know, no sin is, uh, is on your record, but that's not what it means at all. It means if you create out of your flesh conscience, well, the best you can do is to say, well, I got all the information that I could possibly gather, and I'm going to make the best decision I can possibly make. Okay, so you bet on IBM. Well, it went down 30 points. Too bad. You made a good decision, but you're rolling the dice. 
but you don't roll the dice in the spirit. In the spirit, you're the creator of the state. You have been granted the power to create the state in which you desire. And the, the state is birthed not out of your power. It is birthed out of the power of God and, and for your great good enjoyment, for your great good health. And, and the scripture says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So that all the children of God can quit with all of this power struggle and all of this. And, and I'm here to tell you, if it takes 7 billion people for your prayer to come true, 7 billion people will move. Because, you know, look at that situation I told you about the, um, the uh, my daughter's the first deal. The, the guidance counselor filled out the information. We didn't ask her to do that. Sure, but the, but there's, you know, there's a lot of people praying for food that aren't getting it. There's a lot of people that have prayed for health. Because they're aren't. praying, they're praying in their flesh conscience. They're not praying. In See, other words, they're not praying from their heart. They're praying, they're praying wrong. Their, they're, they're not right. doing it right. So that's, well, that's no difference than what every preacher is told. I've heard every right. preacher well, say that's the that's the point of it of saying this is that you can test it yourself. Well, I can't. And you can I, say I can't pray know. about my taxes being filed on time. It requires action. You know, there are certain well, things that that you have like you can't just. That's that's where I disconnect. I mean, I'm sure you guys believe that, but I cannot. I'm not going to sit here and pray that um, my family is provided for, that my relationship is healthy with my daughter, that I can co-mingle and co-parent with my ex and not perform any action. And well, sure. You still have to go through and, and stand. But what I'm saying is like, for, for instance, let's say like, for instance, let's say, uh, you know, I'm just, just pulling something out of my back pocket, right? Cause you mentioned taxes. Like, let's say for instance, um, you get into a position where say the business owes um, $30,000 in tax. I don't know. Right. For a quarter, right. Maybe it's 70,000 for the quarter. I don't know. Right. And you find yourself short. How am I going to pay it, right? Well, the, the, the rational mind says, well, I'm going to call the IRS and I'm going to set up a you know settlement statement or whatever, right? And that's a very wise thing to do, right? To try to set up an agreement with them to, to, to be uh, true to your, to your understandings because you did enter into a relationship that business is resident within the state. And in a sense, you're fishing out of that boat to get increase for your family. You understand? So you need to, to you're paying for the privilege to fish is what taxes are all about. All right. Now get this. You Let's say you're short $70,000. Now you could go the flesh route and you can say, okay, I'm going to put all my faith in, you know, reaching out to, uh, setting up these agreements, or you could, and, and you should, you should go and you should have these conversations, but that's only on the external side, uh, but your true faith is you're going to go into your prayer room and be honest with yourself and go, I don't know where the 70,000s, I don't know where it's coming from, but I know it's coming and I'm giving, I'm giving um, praise right now for the fact that I have received it that I am not going to block the divine flow. I'm not going to operate. 000. I'm not going to operate out of fear. I'm not going to get afraid. Um, I'm going to visualize that this is going to be resolved uh, in a way that is going to be painless and easy. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to trust That's right. uh, in God. And I'm going to have faith that he is going to take care of me, my business and my family right. while simultaneously you're working on the flesh side. That's right. 
It's right. It's just, but but your true your true faith, your true if you if you think about it as driving a flag in the ground, your true center is over here in the fact that I am. Think of yourself as the wife of God. It's just an analogy. I know you're. I know we're three men here, but think of yourself as the wife of God. And what happens when a woman marries a man? Doesn't she? Isn't she entitled to half the estate? Yeah. Yeah. And so, what do the scriptures say about that? It says that um, in the book of Esther, Queen Esther, ask of me whatever you want, and you, I'll give you up to half the estate. And and in the book of Ezekiel, it says, give the Zadok no inheritance, for their inheritance, I am their inheritance. And so, you have unlimited being, unlimited substance, unlimited um, power, unlimited omniscient right all knowing uh, right before your your fingertips and the question is are you asking out of your own um, lusts or are you asking in love for the benefit of others in service to to god and and he says i am come to give you life and life more abundantly and what i'm what i'm getting at is that didn't he, I know, say fear I know not. I sound, didn't he say didn't he say fear not before that well sentence? 365 times yeah, it no, says but fear, fear not. not i'm coming in abundance to <laughs> yeah i mean the the point is is i listen ryan i know i'm playing the fool right now all right i mean to the rational mind i sound completely foolish and and it is foolish you're saying that i have to suspend my rational um thoughts and put those on the shelf and and have faith that uh, and i'm telling you that's exactly what i'm telling you and the thing is is i'm also telling you you can go home right now and sit at home and do this for yourself right now and 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 test it to see if it works for you or not and it's it's testable and you know when it's when it does start to work for you and it will um your faith grows and then you become the fool to your friends. <laughs> you know, Let me tell you what, Ryan, right now I'm sitting here visualizing that you and everybody else is going to listen to this. Um, and I don't know how many people that is, but that when they try this, something positive and good is going to come out of it. And they're going to go, wow, that that's really amazing. I want to know. I want to know more. You visualizing that MJ? You know what? The scripture says, where two or more gathered in my name, I am there. Now, when they you read the word name in the scripture, you think, oh, well, his name is Jesus. Okay. No, that's not what it means. A name is a way of being. A name is the character. So when we two, we could be anywhere. There's no space, no time, no distance in in divine mind. As we, If we two turn our mind to anything, and we are in agreement upon it, and we see the, we experience the same feeling, we experience the same emotion of joy and relief and gratitude, then it's done. We don't have to say, I pray in Jesus. And we just prayed in Jesus's name. We did it the way, the way we're supposed to do it. And see, think of it like this right here. I want to really break down the analogy to make it kind of a little bit crude so it becomes apparent. When a man goes into a woman with the with the intent to bring forth a child and he sows his seed in her, can he go back into her womb to check to see if everything is going okay? If he starts digging around, he's going to kill that child. And her maybe. And her maybe too, right? Well, see, see the, the, the man in this analogy is your thoughts and the woman is your desire. 
And what you have to do is make these two one and enter into the emotion of having received that. Plant it into the womb of the Holy Spirit. That just just doing this, bringing the emotion, bringing the the senses, bringing it all into your prayer. Sitting at this moment of peace and giving thanks. It's not the it's not that I don't do the work. The Father in me does the work, and so I become the witness. And and now. You see, there's, there's, if you go back to, to your scriptures, it talks about these two in this garden. And, and they have this fall, um, which I won't go into that, but just to say that once they have this fall, they're kicked out of the garden. And, and it's said that the, the man is going to have to earn his bread by his sweat, and the woman is going to give birth in, in great pain. Okay. Now, the man earning his bread and sweat means he's now bringing forth all of his realities through his flesh conscious side. He's gathering all of his information. He's doing all this, that, and the other. And he better darn well hope he chooses right. Okay, because he's really rolling the dice. He's just making the best decision that he can based with the, on the knowledge he's got. And the woman, see, the woman always gives birth. Okay, the woman is the one who births the the thing and she gives birth in pain okay well that which is birth of god cannot sin so if we if we surrender as a woman submits to a man and we put the thought and the desire in god as a desire that we want for our good and very good it's his good pleasure to give you everything that your heart desires and you just have to realize everything i think i know I don't know anything. And then when you begin to see on the spiritual side, then you realize you got a problem with one of the, you know, something in your household, you know how to fix it now. You know, you're no longer, you know, well, I got to go use my words and try to smooth it all over and this, that. That's all superfluous stuff and it never works. In the end, um, it's just a Band-Aid. But when you go to your prayer room and find your center, it's fixed. See, it cannot sin because... God is giving you the saving state that you desire, and it's perfect for your, uh, it's the perfect state that you desire. So the question, the only question that needs to be put before you before you enter into your prayer room is, what do you want? <laughs> and you now have to be true to yourself, and you got to give that a lot of thought. Yes, you do. Because that which you birth, you're going to take full liability for, <laughs> okay? And, and and so, you know, if you want to be president of the United States, then you're going to get all of that. You, you could become that and you're going to get all the benefits of that. But you're also going to get all the hardships. It's kind of like, kind of like that movie, The Hulk, when uh, his daddy tries to take all his power and Hulk says, take it all. <laughs> well, that's the really interesting thing is like the other day I was in um, I was at the DMV. And there was this woman in line. First of all, they pretty much got the D, the Department of Motor Vehicles now. They're they're all in lockdown. Okay, you got to yeah. pass things under the doors. Everything's locked. <laughs> There's this woman who'd been standing there for a couple hours, and and she she was a little bit elderly, and she was on a she told me she was on a fixed income, and they told her that um, I'm standing there, and they told her that um, it's going to be another fifteen dollars, and she says. Well, I don't have the ability to get money out of the ATM machine. I've been standing here for two hours. The man told me it was such and such, and I came down here with this money in hand. And 
I said, ma'am, I was standing off to the side. I said, ma'am, I come down here. I, I work with these people all the time. I said, come over here and I'll show you how you can take care of that. She's grasping at straws at this point. I reached into my wallet and gave her 20 bucks. I said, now go pay them. Hmm. Now, the scripture says, if you're going to be a giver, give with a giving heart. Just give it away. Because when you start to play things close to your vest, so to speak, thinking I'd better store up some stuff in case stuff happens. Well, you just cut yourself off from unlimited substance because you just re you just said to yourself, there's lack in God. And therefore, you just you, God didn't cut you off. You cut yourself off. And, and, and so I gave her the 20 bucks and asked her, does she need any more? I'm telling you, this is this is the God's honest truth. I'm about to tell you. Thirty minutes after I gave her that twenty dollars, I um, and out of the blue, didn't even know it was coming. Seven hundred and eighty dollars made it to my pocket in cash. And I was like, "How do I give this away? Who could I give this to?" Right? <laughs> well, it you know? turned into ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I literally called up this lady that I know in California, who I know is kind of struggling, and asked her, "Does she need some money? You know, <laughs> can I send you some money?" <laughs> you didn't call and, me, MJ. Well, you know, you don't <laughs> need any money. You're uh, sitting pretty over I'll there. I always but, need money. What are you talking about? But, but that's my point. Is that? why why hoard stuff why yeah why say i've got to do this that, and the other because you know you have at your fingertips and your disposal once you know how, how this works and you have the confidence in it because you've tested it in little things um there's no reason to hoard anything I, even in times of great struggle and want you know that's typically um you know uh my wife and i kind of operate under that is especially when times are tight that's when we typically become the most generous because yes. i don't um i refuse to be powered or uh controlled by money i don't get emotional about money it's a screwdriver um, yes. you can get very emotional about not having it or what it can do for you but once you start learning how to live and operate under abundance and out of a scarcity mindset or out of the um, chronically or generationally poor or impoverished mindset, which I think a lot of people struggle with, you're always going to be in that. You're always going to be controlled by the man. You're always going to be controlled by this. Everything's so expensive. You can't visualize these things. <clears throat> I hear the words pray, and I, I recoil like a moth to, you know, moth to flame because of, of the way I've heard it over the years. Yes. And, and I judge. Um, I know that about myself. I have a joke. Someone breaks their leg. I'm like, well, you should pray about it. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> or you could go to the fucking doctor, you know, yeah, yeah. but, uh, what I have to learn is the way that my wife and I operate and in the way that we, um, my wife always talks about, uh, shining white light on me and things like that and positive energy. Yes. And, yes. and I need to think positively and I need to talk positively because my self-talk is, is really hateful. Uh, oh, don't do that, man. You're well, creating a really negative well, world for yourself. No, no, no. Don't I, do that. I, this is a, this is a 38 year old habit. So yeah. it's, it's, um, I'm completely aware of, yeah. of the damage it does. And fortunately I was, um, and I don't even like using the word, but blessed with a wife that, um, won't tolerate it and can, yeah. that I can be completely 100%, um, open and vulnerable with. 
and, and so she's strong, man. She can kick his ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I think you hit the you hit the key there, Ryan. Being well, vulnerable is being real, you know. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of men we don't, um, especially alpha type males, they don't know how to be vulnerable, and they don't know how to, um, you know, stoicism to me is is not just being apathetic or or um, uh, without any emotion. It's it's knowing what the emotions are, what it's triggering in you and understanding that it's just a feeling and then stepping and not allowing that to be a reality, you know, and, and understanding what causes these feelings. Um, but you know, I'll get off topic, but so like with the prayer, when you talk about, you know, visualizing these things and bringing these things and then creating this magnetic attraction for the universe or your God or Allah or whoever it is, to that you you're expecting these things because it's going to happen because you have that trust um i don't know how i i cannot see the line between you know you could be starving and praying for food but god's not going to slide a hot pocket under the door i really Uh, i really feel like you got to go out and like either hunt something (laughs) or cook something or go get a job you know or go out you know do something to eat um so for my mind, it's real black and white when it comes to that stuff, you know, uh, yeah. but the, the, uh, the, the talk of abundance and generosity and scarcity that I, I just cannot, the scarcity mindset makes me so uncomfortable. And I know that's yes. because I was, I was raised in a very low income household by a, a single mother who was busting her ass for not very much money to raise two boys, you know, and, and no real outside help. Um, so I kind of, you would think that I would have adapted that or adopted that mindset, but I don't want anything to do with it. So I keep my, we try to be as giving and as generous as we can and not tell anybody, even though I'm talking about it right now. Oh, don't, you know, you're not supposed to tell anybody because you're, you're getting not. your reward internally. Right? That's yeah. I tell my daughter all the time, the, the thing to be happy, if you want to be happy, try to do something good for somebody every day, but don't get caught. And if you tell somebody, yes. it doesn't count. What does what is, what is, uh, the Bible say about those that um, who claim, what is that, MJ, those that claim? Well, it says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is. No, 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 no. Those that, that's not privately. what I'm talking about. No. The ones that um, uh, seek their glory publicly. Oh, yes. Don't pray publicly to seek glory. Yeah, exactly. Because then you get your you get your reward here in the earth right now. Whereas yeah. you know your reward is fleshly, but it's not um, heavenly. It's not uh, something that's going to reside with you forever in your in your um, consciousness, right? So you're doing the right thing by keeping it closed, you know, closed mouth about it. And that's something I urge uh, everyone to do, especially right now. Quit yes. buying fucking toilet paper. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Stop it. You're like, you should have enough anyways. And and nobody's, the only reason we don't have any is because of you. Stop. You know, but the, if, if you feel like there is like, you don't have enough, like there's not going to be enough. Try giving some of it away. Yes. And, yes. And no matter what you believe, what scripture you read or, or, or what deity you pray to or, or, or speak with or counsel with or meditate or whatever, the, the universe will reciprocate. 
it, it always does. And it's not right then. I mean, I've had those moments too, you know, and, and, and again, like I, I, uh, I've kind of jumped back from, from that because I hear, you know, I would hear preachers say, you know, various churches we would go to over the years, you know, trying to, trying to get out of hot water with current, you know, with whatever was going on and, or trying to change something inside of me because they're because of different holes that I had blowing through me, you know? And so the, the church would say, if you, what is it? If you, um, give me 10% or I'll curse a hundred, whatever that, whatever the, the, I can't remember what it is exactly. And then basically, you know, just scaring you into giving up 10%. And that makes me like, (laughs) Fuck you! I'll give twenty yeah. percent to the homeless dude out in the parking lot before I give you. Yeah, the that's money. what I. That's how I used to feel about it. But now, hey guys, yep. Now I just, I just, you know, I realize that the church is to me is is everyone I interact with. Yes. And so that's just that's all I wanted to add to it. Well, yeah, but, there, but, but yeah. MJ and I were talking about this uh, a few days ago. Um, he spent tens of thousands of hours on the radio. So have I talking. And so that's giving of yourself. Yes. I mean, your time, whatever your whatever you value your time at, think about that. Sure. I mean, we've spent almost two hours here on this call. Who knows, you know, maybe it'll do somebody some good, maybe not, but we're at least trying. We're and talking I, about stuff. I believe that. Well, and just giving yourself freely. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just, this happened yesterday. Actually, it happened um, Sunday. This happened Sunday. I want to share a story with you about how quick this can happen. And by the way, before I share this to the listener, there's nothing special about me. Every single one of you can do this. All you have to have is the faith that you can do it. it there's, there is literally nothing special um I've just exercised this enough to where I know that when I put in the prayer, it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. So this is what happened. I went over to, well, I called up a uh, friend of mine. And I mean, this is how he answered the phone. Hey, man. <laughs> and I said, you okay? <laughs> he says, no, man, I, I'm not okay. <laughs> he says, I, I just... I don't see what the use is anymore, man. I just don't even know if it's worth it, you know? And I said, I tell you what, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. I'm going to, I'm going to put aside everything. We're going to put it aside. I'm on the way. Called my business partner and said, um, man, um, we need to, I need to take a day. So I went over there picked him up and said, what's going on, man? He said, um, I just got kicked out. I just got kicked out of of the house I'm staying in and I don't have anything. I had put all my hopes in a business that I wanted to do here and I got nothing. I literally have nothing. I'm 60 years old. I have nothing, no, no money, no nothing. I don't have anything and I don't have any options. And I said, well, of course you got options. I mean, let's, let's just put, put it together. You know, what do you want? And he said, well, you know, I, I need a place to stay. I literally have nothing. And I don't even know how I could pay rent. I said, you don't have any money in checking account? Nothing? No, I don't have any money. 
he said, I could start selling stuff off, but I'm not going to be able to sell it off fast enough to, to, um, to pay rent. I said, okay. So here's the thing. When someone gets in that low of a frequency, you cannot, like if you've ever, ever gone diving before with a dive partner, if they turn their head for a second, they can lose their benchmark and be completely lost in a half a second's turn. And if they get lost, then sometimes their their first inclination is to go up. And your inclination is to grab them and keep them from going up so they don't get the bends. But in doing that, you equalize and you get the bends, okay? Because <laughs> you're going to go up, right? So you cannot allow somebody at that low of frequency to, to bring you to that low frequency. You have to stay in your – you have to walk in your heaven. Okay, you have to stay true to your internal compass. Yes. Now, so we went off and did the things. I bought him, you know, I bought him breakfast and just said, man, let me, I'm going to spend some money on you today. I'm not looking to hurt your pride. And please, if I, if I begin to hurt your pride, tell me because this is not what I want to do. What I want to do is be a friend to you. I am not going to preach to you. I, you know, you, you're a grown man. You've made decisions and you know what's right for you. Um, and who am I to tell you what you should do? You should do what, what you think you should do. All right. So if you want to unload on me, I'll, I'll listen to you. And man, I went through probably six or seven hours of just, if you can imagine e Eeyore, a depressed Eeyore. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. All right. Oh. So how just, are you not depressed? That's what I want. Dude, I just, I just, I live my life on a, on a, on a certain geometric plane, and I don't let anybody pull me down. <laughs> All right. So look, I, I got away from him for a little bit because I had to go do a little bit of um, grocery shopping, and I was sitting out in the parking lot, and I called a lady friend of mine in California, and she said to me, "You know what to do. Now quit, quit talking to me and do it." Huh. And I said, and this is, that's how she talked to me, by the way. She didn't pull any, you know, oh, it's so, it's so great to talk to you. She said, you know what to do. Quit talking to me and do it. So I hung up with her, and I sat in the front seat of my truck and closed my eyes and got to where I just had peace, peace of peace on me. And I saw him living in a house, and he was living rent-free, and he was able to barter his his skill set for the rent and everything was great. And I saw him like coming to me and telling me that, you know, for years I've thought that family meant flesh and blood. He said, but now I realize true family are those that, that know and do the will of God. I said, all right. I, I, I sat in that prayer and saw it until just a, you know, it took me about five minutes before peace just came over me, and then I knew it was confirmed. As soon as that peaceful feeling comes on, it's done. You open your eyes, go about your day. All right, so um, later I go back to the house, and I thought, well, it's about 5 o'clock. I'm going to get in the truck, and I'm going to ride back, and I'm going to pick him up, and I'm going to drive him around and go see if there's people that I know that will take him in. And I got about halfway to his house, and I said, 
what in the hell are you doing? You you already put it in the womb of the Holy Spirit. Now you're going to try to make it happen? You're going to kill it, man. You got faith. You've already done it. You got the faith. The Holy Spirit's going to do this. Just step back and let the Holy, let it go. All right? He gets a call the next morning. He got a call the next morning from a woman that we both know and said, um, she said her husband passed away and she needs a man around the house. And would he consider moving in with her and living in the attic and helping her finish off the attic um, and for consideration of his rent? Had she heard about his demise? Nothing. She knew nothing about what had happened to him. Wow. All right. He calls me up. I mean, he's, he's telling me all this. He was like, man, it's perfect. I just can't believe it all. You know, luck like this never happens to me. And I'm just <laughs> laughing because to the, to the rational mind, the rational mind says, man, that dude got lucky. But I'm telling you right now, that dude didn't get lucky at all. And I'm telling you that you can do this for yourself and you can do it for anybody because there's no time, no space, no distance. And at our core, we are all God. Man, that was that was a that was a deep, deep episode. We met with uh, my friend Lenny McLaughlin and you can you can hear Lenny's episode. Uh, I don't remember what episode it is. I'll have to go back and look and put it on the show notes. And then his friend MJ. And we talked about the um the covenant of God, um, how we've got God inside all of us, uh, you know, how to um, visualize and pray things into existence, what the uh, sovereign man is, um, what the founding fathers uh, were really, what the founding fathers really were and what they intended the, the United States of America to be. I mean, it's just fascinating stuff and, uh, went down a lot of rabbit holes and it was, those, those are two really intelligent and interesting guys. And I look forward to having them back on. Um, unfortunately we ran out of time and so, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or you want to ask them any questions, please reach out to me at Ryan at circle of dads podcast. You can find me on Instagram at the circle of dads. And, uh, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Please, um, check out our sponsors, Berkeley gold CBD, um, put in circle 15 at checkout for 15% off. And then also online, great books.com, uh, slash circle to get onto their waiting list and check out, um, their special they have for us, which is uh, 25% off the first three months. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please share with your friends. Please download, leave us reviews, and tell somebody. Word of mouth is one of the best uh, referrals that we can have. I'm Ryan. I'm your host. Uh, Remember, you do not have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. Love runs downhill. We chase those kids till the day we die. Bye.